Hi, this is Andrea Harkins. Welcome to the Martial Arts Women Podcast. This podcast is devoted to martial art women who make a difference. Don't forget to check out my inspirational and how-to books, The Martial Arts Woman, Martial Art Inspirations for Everyone, and How to Start Your Own Martial Art Program, all available on Amazon. I hope these books inspire and encourage you to be the person that you want to be. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the Martial Arts Women podcast. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This is very exciting. I love talking to women, as you probably know, since I do the podcast. But, uh, yeah, women martial artists, uh, we are many. But sometimes I think people forget that there are so many women martial artists out there. We commonly think of martial arts still a little bit as a male-dominated um, activity. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're doing great work in this field of promoting women and and bringing out their their um, talents and their gifts and who they are. So we're going to talk about that today. Awesome. But yeah, let's start with you, though. I understand you began martial arts in 1991. Why did you begin uh, martial arts? Well, um, yes, that was a thought-provoking question, and I... Um, I still don't really have the answer to that. Okay. <laughs> Do I you thought, recall what, what it was that you, why you went to, uh, no, was it exercise or you, no, you have any? It, was, it really was none of the above. It was, um, you know, I was dropping off some clothes at a dry cleaner, my dry cleaner, and right next to it was a new martial arts studio that had just opened up. And um, something led me in there and. Oh, I, That's interesting. The spot. And, um, you know, I kind of, honestly, I re- really have been thinking about that. And why? Because it was um, something I don't really, I don't do impulsive moves. You know, I'm pretty thoughtful and with, and considering what I'm going to do. Decisions that I make. And yeah. I started thinking, you know, I've got, I've got a self-defense class I'm teaching today. And part of it is talking about your intuition when it's in response to a, a thought of an uncomfortable situation or a danger and how you listen to your intuition. And intuition is basically knowing something without knowing why. And I thought, well, maybe this is in reverse. Something told me this would be really good for me without me really knowing why. So yeah. I'm going to kind of leave this up to me, maybe my intuition at work at that time. Yeah. And and just sum it up to that, because there was no real reason. I didn't get into it for self-defense, for exercise. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't really thought about enrolling in martial arts. So, yeah, there well, I that's was. an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, most of us have that reason in the back of our heads, but uh, I guess intuition is is a reason as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll assume that's what it is. Okay. It, it, it changed my life, and I'm so happy for that. I know. Well, what is your current rank? Because you've been a martial artist for a while, and what is the rank and style that you do? I do. I My rank is I'm seventh degree, 
And the system that I study is Kempo Karate. And um, I've, it's, I've been doing this for 33 years now. Yeah. Okay. Now, I understand you had a loss um, of your husband. And I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, but I know he was your best friend. And he was also the person with whom you practiced martial arts and had a studio together for all these years. So tell me about him and, and the school. Um, his name was Bob White, very well-known martial artist in Kempo. Um, he was the best friend. He, mm -hmm. he is still my best friend. Um, he, he passed away just this past May. And I honestly can't think of a man more perfect for me than Bob. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think if I could, I don't, I can't sum up our marriage because it was so, um, so much to it, but I, I, I have to say that he spent our marriage, you know, multiple times a day. I think, I guess I could say with a goal without really terming it as a goal. Mm -hmm. But lifting me up every day, expressing his love and respect to me and how proud he was of our marriage. And mm -hmm. um, he, he did this more than one time a day and it was every day. And I, I will tell you that I never took anything that he said as just saying it. Yeah. Because it came from his heart. So he, by doing this, he gave me, you know, a real rare opportunity to love someone more than I could ever have expected that I could. So right. it, it, it just allowed me to really um, see in my heart that I had capability of loving somebody like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. We, we worked together <clears throat> partners. He was my friend, my mentor, my husband my best friend, um, and I, I continue to, you know, I think of him every day. Yeah. When I, teach, I think of him, I will tell students all about him and the things that he taught and said. So a lot of times what, what I say, I'll, I'll say my husband would have said this in this situation. So yeah, it's well, that's, yeah. I miss the day, um, hmm. but I, I really feel a sense of gratitude that uh, even though our, our time has just seemed like it flew by, it was so brief. We had 20 years of marriage. It seems like it was yesterday. Um, and it was too short, but I am so grateful for every moment that I had with him and that I actually did have the opportunity to find you know, a true soulmate of mine. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, what about the school that you did together? I guess that was, um, some, something that you've done, uh, throughout yeah. your marriage. You know, he, he left, he left behind the school and, but in that school, it's not the four walls. It's the family that embodies the school. And we have the most wonderful people that I could ever know there. They're all family. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, just, they're, they're professional instructors they have enthusiasm and loyalty and love for the school, for Bob and for me. And so it's, I'm, I'm so rich in so many ways. And, um, you know, it, and it's, it's through my relationship with 
Bob, you know, we're a blended family. So I have my kids and his kids, the most wonderful kids in the world. And so, you know, I guess if I could were to say, you know, if I go, or I were to go tomorrow, my life will have been filled. Mm-hmm. And so people and, and by Bob. So I, I have nothing to complain about, but everything to be grateful about. My daughter just had a baby. Oh, how um, exciting. I mean, not even a week old. She just had Oh, a wow. Congratulations. She named, named her Betty. Her last name is Berdino. So okay. little girl in our life, Betty Odette Berdino. Beautiful. So she's got Bob as in uh, as her initials. Yeah. Oh, how nice. Yeah. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. For your for yourself, like your personal martial art practice, how do you feel it helped you or did it help you maybe just overcoming the situation with your husband's death or any personal obstacle in your life that martial arts maybe helped you through? I know for me, I had like difficult pregnancies, a very mm-hmm. difficult one where I almost lost the, mm-hmm. the baby. And for me, what I learned in martial arts as far as believing in myself and just having a positive mindset or, or understanding that I can get through this struggle. I learned all those things in martial arts and I was able to apply it to that personal situation. Do you think you applied like maybe a martial art mindset or just a way of thought and a way of being that you've learned from martial arts? Yeah. You know, I think that it was, um, for sure, in my case, you know, it was, it was a combination. But you know what martial arts does for us is it makes us tough mentally, mm-hmm. because you know we train hard, we have blood, sweat, and tears. We test for our rank, and um, training phys- and physically hard and facing these things also makes us mentally tough, and that helps us to prepare for things that we have no idea might be coming up in the future. Um, so I certainly attribute it to martial arts. I also, you know, I have to, I have to give a kudos to my 40 plus years of nursing um, and dealing with some various stressors in that realm. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to, you know, take care of um, Bob's complex medical needs. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been there before and, and he'd gotten, um, pancreatic cancer and head and neck in 2017. So we had battled before. So we, and persevered. And prior to that, my, I had a, my, my youngest daughter had Hodgkin's lymphoma when she's nine. And so, you know, it's kind of, I think it was some, um, past experience yeah. that, that helped. It was certainly my martial arts training and ability to stay calm and nursing. And it was also just the family and friends that um, I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was my Lord. Yeah. And, uh, you know, trials bring us, um, produce endurance and that it produces character. And I have faith and hope that God has a plan and a perfect plan in my life. So, you know, I, I hope keeps us going. Yeah. And, you know, faith is a confidence of things that we hope for. And, um, you know, I think all of that, and it's not that I've gone through over it, but I'm just going through it 
yeah. in the best possibly can. Right. So you mentioned nursing. Um, so you were a nurse, uh, right. and I didn't, I didn't know about this, but you were a nurse for uh, many years, you mentioned. What type of nursing did you do? Well, um, hospital nursing first, and then I branched into home health. So I saw patients in the home, and we mostly saw, um, coincidentally, cancer patients, so I'm mm-hmm. college-based. And um, then I went back into the hospital where I am now, and, um, and I, fu- I work full-time as well. Yeah. The Hogue Hospital here in Newport Beach. And I've been in the case management department for the past 26 years. And so I'm on the floor and I still see patients and I manage their, their care there and after care and what they might need. And, you know, basically I problem solve. So I, I'm still doing that, but that's, that's my, but it, it's, it's interesting that the skills come back. Like when you haven't been on a bike for years, you get on a bike, you can still ride it. The, yeah. the, the, the nursing skills, the IVs and the, you know, all that stuff that it involves it. It surprisingly comes back, which I'm happy about. But um, but yeah, yeah. It, it me well. Nursing has. That's, I, that's yeah. great. Yeah, very important. I mean, nurses are amazing, and it's this kind of theme comes up a lot with martial artists and martial art women, and that is that we have all of this time and energy and promise that we put into our martial arts schools or our programs or whatever it is that we're doing as martial artists. But many of us also work full time. Um, And I think that's really an important note because it shows the amount of dedication that we place on martial arts and teaching others or just whatever our our output is, whether it's a podcast or a blog or we're teaching or we have a school, we're also working full time, so many of us. And it just shows the importance of martial arts. Like if somebody's willing to work that hard and have also the martial arts in their lives and, and all that work that that's involved, then it kind of exemplifies the importance of it. So, yeah. yeah. It allows, I mean, it's, it takes a lot of discipline to um, coordinate your time from, you know, with working full time and um, yeah. running a school and teaching. And um, it does take some time management skills and discipline and kind of it's an ongoing process. Yeah. And it's a very common theme for martial artists um, because not, not everyone can work full time in their martial arts school or program. In fact, you know, many don't. Um, they work in the evenings. They work on the weekends doing it. Um, and so it, it definitely, you're, it is a part of life. But that's why we're so blessed with this staff. We have um, two full-time children's instructors, Andrea Pepper and Chantel D'Angelo. And they've been with the school for years. In fact, Andrea mm-hmm. and uh, both were children taking classes at the school and they're okay so we have such a great dedicated staff of teachers um we have jim mcclure who was with bob for 40 years and bashal shukla who's been at the schools um for probably close to close to maybe 20 25 to 30 years um and they teach bashal and i trade off teaching the adult um advanced class and then we have um, instructors who teach privates. So 
you know, it's in reality, we're, we're so blessed because we have this um, fantastic staff of, of students to help keep the school going. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's always great to bring up the students into the leadership of the martial art programs. I also understand, well, of course, one of your martial art passions, which is also one of my passions, is the recognition and empowerment of women in martial arts. Um, you founded the Kempo Women's Symposium. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that and, and why you began this symposium. Well, the, first, you know, I'd like to comment on what was my um, passion for really wanting to yeah. lift up women. And, you know, I was a product of being born in the 50s. Now, now I'm kind of giving away my age, but, <laughs> okay. you know, passive, who cares? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, you know, back then it was the even more so the world was was um, according to boys and everything. And, you know, we'd, I'd always ask I'd ask my mom, how come how come he's saying the sentence says he in it when it means he and she, and you know, I as a young age, yeah. I kind of that type of thing. And then going off into my guidance guidance counselors to go to college, you know, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but that was not a, a girl's profession. So at that time, so much. So they steered me towards nursing, which you know I can't complain at that time, but this time, but you know, kind of in retrospect, you know, the girls and women had more of a role to fill in certain mm. so. You know, I always kind of um, thought on that. And when the opportunity first, when I walked into our school, I'd been to like four or five schools before I got to our school mm -hmm. and training and noticed that all the classes were taught by men. And um, mostly all of the black belts were men. And I walked into our school, just um, this was when I was um, out in the field, and just to observe a class, just kind of drop by, and a woman was teaching. And so that, that was right away, this is not, this is great, a woman is yeah. teaching. So um, anyway, um, getting back to the symposium. During the international, the 50th year reunion in 2014, Steve Cooper, who um, was promoting the, the tournament, the IKC, asked me if I would do a women's symposium. And I thought, this is like the greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted some women, you know, Diane Tanak and Doreen DiRienzio and um, um, a lot of other, a few other women. So we had a panel, one from uh, from Ireland, Ashlyn Downey and um, Andre Scanlon, who who um, started the Kempo Women. And it was it was um, my thought was to have it kind of like a um, a job fair, like where each person brings their own um, for I guess forte. Like we had yeah. Kathy did who want, talked about tournament fighting and. And Diane was ambassadorship and, you know, just different. I did self-defense. And um, so anyway, it was like we had little tables or, uh, where people could come and speak individually to the women and they could we could share 
what we were doing, Ashlyn Downey um, was also a yoga teacher, is a yoga teacher, and kind of went over some of how yoga and martial arts can um, relate. So, and then we, we had a panel of, of women up on the stage, these same women, and um, some gentlemen, my husband, Eddie Downey, John Sepulveda, Ron Sanchez, um, Shar and Bobby Lawrence. And it was more of a, a discussion about women in Campo. So it, it was, uh, that was the first symposium. It was like, this is just fantastic. It was, I think, probably the only symposium for women of its kind at that time. And the great thing was that we had um, a venue, a place to, to do it at the internationals. So anyway, years went by, and um, I always kind of thought about it. It would be great to get a, another venue, a place to have another symposium. Um, and then COVID hit, and I started thinking maybe we could, everybody's doing Zoom. We were doing Zoom classes, as you know, and. So I thought, well, maybe we could do a Zoom symposium. So I talked to Heather Flessing. She's um, a black belt at the studio, and she's a school teacher and the most organized person I've ever met in my life. And so we put together a symposium and asked, asked various women, and we, we got topics um, that would be um, pertaining to women that they actually we asked out in the community, what are some things you want to talk about? A lot of them were, how do you juggle your time? What do you do in this situation? How do you prioritize? Things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, Denise Plowman was on that symposium as Rebecca Knight and Sandra V and, uh, you know, quite a few women. We had about five, uh, six to eight, I think. And um, we did that first symposium and um, Heather did the moderating and it ended up just being a great symposium and it was so great. I said, well, why don't we just do another one? So we decided to do a second one. And after the second one, I, I asked Denise Plowman, I said, would you like to be part of a symposium team? And she said, yes. And it was just so great because, you know, so much of success is really about the people that are on your team and she has such uh, you've already interviewed her yeah yes I did. she started the facebook the social media and she's she's so good at that and so from you know just our symposium and our, our we had our website which really houses all of our prior symposiums she started the facebook page and contributes to that every single day and that has grown um enormously so and from from there we have now a total right now of nine team members each brings their own set of strengths to the table so um it's really it's really grown so much more than um i could ever have imagined it to grow um this past year steve cooper um came up to me again and asked if we would do a, a live symposium so we did a live symposium at this past um, IKC, and um, it was went really well. We also did a self-defense class there, just a little workshop, and um, it was it was well received. And so, you know, I hope that we will be invited to do one next year as well. Um, 
but I just see nothing but good things um, in its future. You know, it's reaching out to so many women. In fact, we're we're um, launching our name. It's we're including the word international in it because we, in reality, we we um, are international. Yeah. Our symposium will be a youth symposium, and we've got um, Germany, France, um, Mexico, Ireland, the United States uh, youth. That will be representing. So it's truly international. And um, just so grateful for Denise and what she's done and Heather. And um, she's so, um, so awesome in her ability to just really see um, kind of the whole picture and moderate and put things on people on track and on time. And it's just, we just have the best team. You know, we've got. Um, um, we're just very blessed. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think it's so important to support women in this manner? Uh, I mean, they, they go, they learn. What is it that really benefits them the most through this program? Well, symposium. I, well, not, not only that they're recognized, they have a voice, mm -hmm. they have a importance, but they also see that um, what they can do. Yeah. So I, th I think it gives encouragement towards others and um, the ability to see what women can do. And that, that gives, I guess, get back to um, the word hope. It, you know, it gives them hope for a, a great martial arts career should they, should they choose to continue pursuing it. And it, it gives the, and you know, what it does is it's, it kind of makes this huge, martial arts community we have in the world, you know, a smaller community because we're all coming together. I think that's, um, you know, really what it does. Nothing but positive. Yeah. And it's great to bring women to give together uh, and women and men together. Uh, but to highlight that women are important in the martial art world. Uh, I was asked recently to send a signed, like an autographed photo to uh, a school owner because one of his young girl students, you know, she's about nine or 10, said, why are there no pictures of women martial artists on your walls? Like he had pictures of, you know, signed, signed by different men, but no women. And so he asked me and a few other people to send just an autographed picture so he could have it on the wall. And it was a good reminder that sometimes, you know, we have to step out of a comfort zone to be recognized and to recognize others who are uh, women martial artists. That was good for her to bring that up. And yeah. that's, and oh, she's right. You do go to the walls of studios and you do see men primarily, mostly yeah. all. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear it. And because I, I feel like there has been so many changes. I began martial arts also very early. A long time ago, 1989, and definitely have seen positive changes throughout that time with uh, women, but still a, a lot of work to do still. No, I agree with you. So I understand you were also inducted into the Kempo Hall of Fame, and I was wondering if you could share why that's important to you or what does that mean to you? Well, I think it means 
really more for for women in that this can be done and it just want just another thing to give um, women a voice and, and recognition and um, it's, it's first of all it was an honor to be inducted into the Hall of Fame um, I, I think that the um, the the domino effect is that it it helps women um, find value mm -hmm. and not only that but then when when after being inducted I was able to induct so I was able to nominate, yeah. you know I, uh, I I nominated Denise for for one I think a couple of years ago and um, and Kelly Foster and so was was able to to give back so I think that's um that, that's important yeah very but nice martial arts community at large not just women the martial arts community that women are out there yeah and that we are doing things yeah uh, that's one of the focuses for this podcast is just to try to share that a little bit more with the world that martial art women are out there we're doing good things amazing things and it's not for recognition that no. we do it but it is good to be recognized for the hard work and effort for sure well it's a nice reminder um mm -hmm. to the martial arts community that um women are out there and, and doing change um seeking change and doing change and giving to others and serving you know we're, yeah. we're we're not hiding under rocks we're we are out there mm -hmm. yeah which is important because i find uh women uh, sometimes just fearful of being out there too much and unfortunately if we're not out there then we don't get recognized as the the people that we are for you know all of the work that we're doing so it's kind of a very difficult situation for some women because they don't want to stand out or they don't want to post things so I feel like the symposium page is like a safe place you know where women can say i've done this i'm doing this mm -hmm. um i'm making these positive changes without like feeling because social media can be a negative place can be a negative space um and so i think the way you're that you're all doing it is is it really awesome because it creates a safe haven for for sharing these things too i, I agree with you and denise is doing a great job keeping yeah. it all positive That's yes. one of the main focuses it has to be positive mm -hmm with you on the comfort zone part because it's so easy um, to just stay in that comfort comfort yeah. zone yeah. it takes courage to branch out of it and I know because that applies to me as well and to to branch out of the comfort zone and be um, less guarded and transparent is a really kind of a scary thing to do but yeah. um, when you have the support of um, fellow martial arts artists around you it's a it's a bit a little bit easier to test a little bit yeah a little bit easier that's one thing bob really was so great at um because i i really was not and am not one to want to stand out and be you know i, I kind of have this i go into a comfort zone and you know i'm homebody and things of that nature so you know he really encouraged me and um just gave me courage through his belief in me to get outside my comfort zone and, yeah. uh, and be, be more who the person that I really meant to be. So 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, growing pains, uh, yeah. learning, life lessons, uh, yeah. and it's it, it's not easy, but it's once you find your voice and once you're able to get a little bit outside of the comfort zone, then you see the positive effects that it has. You see the person that you can be. You stay in your comfort zone. It's kind of like the, you know, Ed, Ed Parker's analogy of just look in that well, you know, in, in the in infinite insights. And mm -hmm. if all you see is just the, the world looking above you and nowhere else, and that's, that's basically how much you'll grow. But if you do venture out and test those waters and get, do little bits at a time, get outside your comfort zone, you, you get a chance to not only um, meet great people and see wonderful things, but really um, become more of the person that maybe you're intended to be. You also help abuse and neglected children through a martial art camp. Um, and that's really awesome. I mean, martial arts are so important for, for kids for bullying, for confidence, for just all of those things that affect them. But tell me about this yearly event well, that you organize. The way it started out is that um, we have a, had a student at the school who is involved in Royal Family Kids. It is an organization that is worldwide now. It started here in Costa Mesa to provide a week-long camp for children that are in the foster care system or, mm -hmm. you know, kind of marginalized children, he asked Bob if he would be willing to get a group, a team up there at camp and put on a demonstration. And um, he actually, it took him um, to go through some hoops to allow the Royal Family Kids organization to allow a martial arts demonstration up at camp because of, you know, perceiving that, you know. Right hitting and violence and this and that. So um, I was working that day. I didn't get a chance to go up to the do the demo, but he went up with a, a group of our black belts and did the demo and came back and was, told me about it. He said this was just, he, he had such resentment, he said, going up there because it's, you know, two hours going up and two hours back and it's mm -hmm. like a day. And he said he was so happy that he did this. Um, Right around that same time, we had um, another one of our black belts, Vir 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 Virgil Bartomolucci, who um, said that he wanted to do a um, he wanted to do a tournament. And Bob was like, you know, I've done a million tournaments. The only way I'm going to do this is if we um, do it for charity. And you know, we're kind of knocking around different charities, but you know, I said, why don't we just do it? and give the proceeds to royal families because we know that the money, whatever money we raise is not going to like the um, administration, it's going straight to camp. And, the, and that money that we give puts on the camp for the kids. Mm, okay. So that's how we started. That was kind of a three-way. And we did our first tournament in the parking lot at our school. And we had some people who wanted to sponsor and we raised $12,000 and we gave $12,000 to this camp. It was the Newport Mesa Pinecrest camp um, to put on the camp. And that, that's the largest camp there is in, in royal families. And the way it works is that um, a church will put on the camp. And so the church is responsible 
for all the funds that are involved in putting on the camp. So um, say if a different church is going to put on a, a camp as well. They have to raise all of the money and everybody's volunteers. So we, we committed to Newport Mesa and then did the tournament the following year. And we, and um, the money that came in from the tournament doubled and then the following year and it doubled then. And so it just kept growing. Um, we, we moved our tournament we had the t tournament in the parking lot, and then we did it in the church, and um, then we did it in a school, and it kept growing. So um, around the same time that we started that, the director asked me if I would be a nurse up at camp. So I said yes, and um, and then a, a few of the years later, I go up every year to be the nurse. I asked if I could put on a um, like a like a karate camp there, which. Um, at, it took a couple of years, but they said yes. So we we ended up being able to do that. And um, I would be the nurse, but I'd teach a, like a, a little class up there. And on Thursdays, Bob would come with um, some of our students. And we'd, he'd bring boards, and the kids would have a chance to break boards like they've never done before in their entire yeah. life. So, yeah, so, so empowering. I'd have um, a group of kids, and they'd put on – I'd bring up uniforms. So they, they'd put on uniforms and get up on stage at – um, talent night and they'd all do a demonstration up on stage um, so it just en ended up being a really great thing and it's great thing for our school um, for the martial arts community you know at large um, and uh, it, I think what it did is, is again like what the symposium is doing is it pulled a lot of people from around the world in Kempo in, in a mutual desire to support and help and um, I think it's really you know you know you do something that you, you you're so happy that you're able to do and give to others and you know but but what happens in return is that um, you get blessed beyond your imagination so you know we threw this tournament but in return we've been so blessed by um, you, you know get we get back more than we get and it's just yeah. a, a has been a wonderful thing and um that's, you know martial great. arts is you know it's we, we you know we have our key our creed you know it should be no matter right or wrong and we defend our self principle and honor well our principle is that we fight against abuse and and violence and and so you know this it kind of sticks with our creed as well bob would so often say you know he'd go the happiest people i know are those that are in service to others is there anything else you'd like to share today um, to wrap up this podcast? Well, I, I'd like I'd like to thank you first of all for um, having me on this podcast, talking about things that um, mean so much to me, and I'm so delighted to be able to talk about Bob and mm -hmm. my relationship and my love for him and some of the other things that I love so much. And, you know, I'm um, able to, I was able to talk about our family at the school and, you know, just, um, I really um, appreciate that you gave me this, um, this opportunity to, to express myself and my gratitude just to so many out there in the Kempo community who have um, also come to, you know, verbally or writing messages to me of support and of love. And it's, um, this gives me an opportunity just to publicly say how grateful that I am. So, yeah, they, that, I guess that's that's how I want to end it.
Okay. Well, you're welcome. It's been my absolute pleasure to have you here and hear your stories and all of the work that you're doing. So I appreciate your work as a martial art woman. Thank you, Andrea. And I appreciate yours as well. 